a podcast to honor the gods. This better come with a sacrifice. Deus Ex Media. I'm Christina Kahn. And I'm Leela Hilton. And this is Burn Before Reading. The podcast about shitterisher. We're here to examine the terrible writing we did when we were younger. And talk about some other cringy literary topics right along the way. From Wildling Press. Say hello to the listeners, Grace. Hello. We are so glad to have you here. Oh my gosh. I'm so happy to be here. What's up, guys? Hello. Um, in case listeners don't know, which would be insane, because I do talk about it a lot. Um, tell them about Wildling Press. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wildling Press, our little baby company. Um, we publish books. <laughs> I I, I mean, s- that's you could stop right there if you want to. <laughs> yeah, I was like, you know, I feel like that feels right. We publish books. I, you know, there are a lot of different types of publishers out there, but we're small and we publish really excellent books, including that's true. a book coming out by one of our very favorite people, Christina Codd. <laughs> oh, my God. There it is. In the book publishing from start to finish is going to be awesome. No, it's in the credits. The listeners know. <laughs> They know. Yeah, we published a lot of like um, like queer, thoughtful, progressive, like YA, sci-fi fantasy, and the like. It just happens to be also what we like to read. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> oops, I guess I like this one. We're the queens of the castle, so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's true. Awesome. Well, we're so glad to have you here because... If I remember correctly, you didn't save any of your writing from when you were younger? That's true. I am shocked that so many people did. Well, a lot of us had (laughs) strong aspirations of being an author or a songwriter. And I remember being like, when I was like 12, I was like, somebody's going to want to read this someday. (laughs) I could make so much money off of this this sweet little poem that I wrote (laughs) when I was 11. Yeah, something about me. I've always been pretty self-aware, so I knew. (laughs) I knew from a young age. Well, that's okay. There's plenty of other cringy literary topics to talk about, but before we get there... Grace, what is the cringiest thing that has happened to you this week? Oh, my gosh. Um, Probably 50 things a day. I was going to say, where to begin? (laughs) Woo! Okay, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Um... Okay, yesterday, I went to Chipotle. Um, (laughs) All great cringy (laughs) stories start this way. Yes. Um, So I went to Chipotle. I had gotten a notification on my phone being like, you have a little free Chipotle, which I assumed to be at the time um, like an actual free meal. But no, in fact, it was just free chips. But in this economy, we'll take it. (laughs) <laughs> um so I I got my little tush down to Chipotle and I had boop 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 like on the app I put in the order went to the grocery store went to Chipotle beeline for the to go and 
I was like, hi, I'm so sorry. I have a to-go order, but I also have this little free chip thing that I want to do. Can I do that? And he was like, yeah. And then the manager like called over and was like, you have to get in line. Okay. The line is quite long. (laughs) For free chips. For free chips. Which you could just drop that many chips on the floor and they would not... It would not matter. Exactly. So just give them to Grace. <laughs> so, so I'm like, you know what? I feel committed at this point, though. You know, <laughs> I, I, I'm committed. I'm like, I will go to the back you're, of the line there. for these yeah. free chips. It's the whole reason I'm here, pretty much. And so I'll go to the back of the line. The manager, I think, felt kind of bad. <laughs> and so she was like, come up, just come, just come this way. And so I said, okay. Um, <laughs> and so at this point, I'm feeling as if I'm a bit of a spectacle. Um, and so I go to the front. And I've skipped all these people and the guy's like, okay, scan the thing. And so I scanned the thing and then it didn't work. Um, And then, and then the manager comes over and she's like, give me your phone. And so then I hand her my phone and it's still not working. And then someone else comes over and the line is getting longer and everyone's looking at me, which famously I don't like. (laughs) And, and they've stopped the presses. They've stopped the presses at this point. Um, Oh my God. No, they stopped the tortilla presses at this point. <laughs> and I am feeling so awkward and weird because it's all just for a bag of free chips that are probably stale anyway. It's, it's almost like everybody look how poor I am. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so anyway, the thing didn't work in the end ever at all, but they still gave me free chips. Oh, thank God. Oh, 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 can <laughs> so you that was pretty, pretty that's cringy. A, that's a choice cringe story. Oh. Yeah. Well, it made me... So, that made me feel uncomfortable, which means I. That's how I know it was a really exactly. good. It was really it's like the yeah. ca- like the closed captioning would be like in brackets. It would be like cringe intensifies. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so that was a great experience for me. Oh dear. Okay. Okay. Lila, what's the cringiest thing that happened to you this week? So I think so far this week, cringiest thing that's happened was. This is probably not crunchy. I made a bunch of homemade like cookies and holiday bark. <laughs> you idiot! <laughs> <laughs> so cringy. With my mommy and my sister's help. Cute. That's very cute. So obviously, I sent myself home with a large portion of said cookies and chocolate, and I was sitting on the couch eating some of the chocolate bark that I had made, and I was really eating it, like kind of like blackout style, where you like. You're eating oh. so much and like you state. Yeah. And um and then like I fell asleep on the couch and then <gasps> I like sat up to get something and Jason was like, What the fuck? You have ch- got chocolate all over the couch, Leela. Like, oh, no. Famously we have a white couch. Don't no. know why the guy was really convincing. Before we were recording, we were talking about white shoes, white couch, same thing. Yeah. Damn. No way. Yeah. I, the guy was really convincing who sold it to us. I don't know. Oh, no. And he's, he's like, you're cover. never going to eat chocolate on this, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> I never will. Or red wine or sauce. Yeah, I know. So. Yeah, I've, drink, I've been drinking red wine on that couch and been like, Don't. scared move a muscle <laughs> yeah it's tough so yeah uh, i got chocolate so what happened oh did you remove <clears throat> it or is it is that just how the couch is now <laughs> um i forgot it was last night i forgot to do anything about it <laughs> forgot about it until this moment <laughs> so it's okay the guy gave us this like fabric remover stuff <laughs> so 
You're gonna remove it all is, the it fabric. It is also really bad because Jason just like cleaned the whole cou- couch. Like he like cleaned every couch, put every couch cover and like the washer and dryer. Oh damn! Lovingly. Oh, that's okay, Leela. Has he already filed for divorce, or is he working on it? <laughs> no, he doesn't know that. Like he thinks this is like the. He thinks this is like a good deal. So like he doesn't. He doesn't date it a lot. So he like doesn't. No. Uh, <laughs> cool, cool. Yeah. So he just. Uh, I'll tell him not to good. listen to this episode. But yeah. <laughs> but it'll be like the next episode, though, Leela. And Christina will be like, Leela, what's the cringiest thing that happened to you this week? And you'll be like, ah, Jason filed for divorce. <laughs> That's pretty Leela, cringe. Right? cringe. <laughs> like, lol, if this podcast goes on long enough that either one of us does get divorced and we're like, guys, I have the cringiest thing this week. <laughs> What if one of us is like, guys, the cringiest thing this week, my grandpa died. You know what I mean? Like, like I, I that's think not like, cringy. I mean, eventually, that's pretty cringy. I, I think like the sobbing in public is cringy. Hey, when my grandma died last summer, a lot of different small parts of it felt super cringy. I understand. <laughs> so much uh, Definitely, Someday something horrible is going to happen and it's going to be our cringiest <laughs> thing. Everyone brace yourselves. Lila, when we first started this podcast, you were like, is it like setting too negative a tone to start with the cringiest thing? <laughs> and I was like, no, it's on brand. It'll be good. Christ. I think it's good. I have some bad news. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Well, Tina, what's the cringiest thing that's happened to you this week, Ben? Luckily, it's not that cringy. Well, although it is about to be cringemas. Mm. Merry cringemas. Merry cringemas, everyone. Beautiful. So there's plenty of cringe that comes with the holidays, but it's all pretty run of the mill. Um, But the the cringiest thing that's been happening to me lately is like, I just don't like how my skin changes in the winter. Mm. Dry? Yeah, like in November and December, like God, I am like a dewy summer goddess. Like just enough perspiration to keep that moisture level up. But in December, I have like, I have problems with my cuticles like they get very dry and I like anxiously pick at them and it's like horrible and I hate it. And like I just have not been liking my skin lately. So I've just been like picking so much and then like wearing all of the rings in the world to try to distract myself. And I keep having to like sit on my hands and stuff. So it's cringy. Are your nails painted? They're not because... I don't like how quickly it chips. Oh, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It looks like imperfect. No, so I like you. I painted them for a party last weekend. I'm probably going to paint them for another party this weekend. Nice. And that's the circle of life. But yeah, that will is. help. Well, I do think that that helps. Yeah. yeah, it does. I mean, I know what I might get you for Christmas this year <gasps> then. So. Oh. oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. Can I say one more thing? It won't be a spoiler anymore because... um. Because it will already have happened and been over. But this Sunday is Jason's birthday. <gasps> Happy birthday. Wait, say, can you just do me a solid and say last Sunday was maybe? Last I Sunday. Don't, I don't know. <laughs> Unless you're going to be like, oh, whatever. It's One fine. Sunday was Jason's birthday recently. And for that day, um, we are a little bit tight on the old moolah right now. Thank you, car expenses. And um, so I was thinking, what can I do for him that's not like actively taking money out of our joint bank account yeah so i was thinking if th- what's something he loves that i just like usually won't put up with and i was like god bird watching 
No, I, I think that's sweet. I think it's sweet of him. Okay, okay, sorry. Godzilla, sorry. actually, <laughs> is the answer. The answer is Godzilla. That's not what I thought. <laughs> he loves Godzilla, and he loves all the movies, even, like, re- the really, really old ones, like, that are all in Japanese and have, like, very funny, bad effects. And sometimes, and mostly they're really boring. And I also just, um, mass destruction really stresses me out in movies. <laughs> so I, get I don't like it, but, um, he loves watching Godzilla be knocking things down. Anyway, so I figured maybe I'll do like a Godzilla day, like before we go to movie night. And I'll, I got these Godzilla cookie cutters that I was like, maybe I'll make Godzilla pancakes. Yeah. <laughs> and then, oh my like, God. He can pick whatever Godzilla movies he wants to watch. And I'll play that Godzilla song that he likes. And you mean the blue oyster cult one? <laughs> no, the it's like the um, ooh, what's that? What's oh my god? Who's the band uh, who sings dance, dance, and thanks for the murmurs? A uh, Fallout yes. Boy. <laughs> I can't. You know I can't do common now. Common <laughs> nouns on. Yeah, Fallout Boy has there, a very. I just. Good. I, I'm just. Someone's gonna come for you. That one is a proper noun. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. You got it. You got it. Yeah. So that's what I'm going to do. And I think it's going to be really that's very nice. cute. I yeah, like that's that really idea. cute. That's really funny because is your husband an eight-year-old boy? Because <laughs> as you'll remember from the text I sent you, I bought Spider-Man <laughs> stuff for for when you guys come over that evening for movie night. He likes Spider-Man and Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. This man works so hard for me. He deserves it. He deserves it. <laughs> so, yep. We love I'm you, Jason. Excited. <laughs> oh, man. Today we have... A little holiday treat for y'all. We are going to delve a little bit more into the cringy literary topics uh, that we keep teasing, um, and we're because gonna, it's cringe miss because Merry cringe miss. Um, we are going to delve a bit into the Pride and Prejudice proposals, the old triple P of the PPP. In my day to day, a PPP is a a, a picture per person. When you go to the bar with your friends and you each get one pitcher of beer. Mm -hmm. Nice. But yeah, we want to do something snuggly for Christmas. We wanted to get Grace on the show, despite the fact that she nuked all her own writing so as to never be so as to (laughs) never be strong armed in this way to share it publicly. (laughs) You got me anyway. Let's talk. I mean, let's start with Grace. What is your history with Jane Austen and with Pride and Prejudice? Um, I would say of Austin's works, I am most familiar with Pride and Prejudice. I don't know. I think that like Austin in general is just such a witty and funny girly, you know? Yes. Like I yeah. just love like um, her writing. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah, she, She's like she would have done she would have been a great guest on this podcast. I yes. think she would have loved this podcast. I think so too. I think she would have fully supported it. She would have been like, why is that small box talking to me? (laughs) (laughs) She would have had a lot of questions, but (laughs) she's a kindred spirit. Um, Truly. So, yeah, I love her a lot. And um, just rereading bits and pieces from Pride and Prejudice for this episode, I was like, damn, I want to reread the whole thing. I love it. I know. I totally experienced the same thing. So when when did you read your first Austin? I think I... And was it PP? I I think it was... PP. Um, 
<laughs> you say, wait, if you say if you say P and P, but you're talking, it sounds like peen P. Peen <laughs> I don't peen like pee. it. <laughs> no, I think I did this thing when I was a kid where I was I tried to read all of the hard books because I was mm-hmm. like, I can do it. I tried to read Moby Dick and I think I tried oh. to read Pride and Prejudice as like a fifth grader. So much wow, of it girl. I'm sure I'm sure was lost on me at that time, but I yeah. did reread it at a more appropriate age and really got a lot out of it. I thought it was okay. great. Hell yeah. What about you guys? Well, what I thought you were going to say is that you had this thing when you were a kid where you hated all of the classics because they were stupid and boring. Oh. <laughs> That's because what I meant to say. That's a cooler thing to say. <laughs> when I was a kid, I was like, I was very, I was very much like a, you know, like a kid's fantasy girly, like series of unfortunate events, Artemis Fowl. Yeah. Like, like I loved that stuff. So I would like, even like look at the language used in these classic novels and be like, ew. <laughs> and then like you start getting assigned them in school and they're like the ones they assign in, especially in like high school are not good. No. Right. And so I did not touch Pride and Prejudice until I was like a sophomore in college. I took a British literature class and I had to read Pride and Prejudice. Oh, wow. And I was like, wait a second. This is the funniest book I've ever read in my life. And I'm going to read everything by this author. I feel like that's actually such a great age to be introduced to Austin, honestly. Yes. It, like, it caught me on my feminist uprising. Like, as yes. I was becoming a feminist, I was like, oh, Jane Austen fits perfectly into this new identity. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. What about you, Leela? Um, I really liked the Austin adapta- movie adaptations that I, I saw. So, like, kind of oh, right yeah. around the same time that those Kenneth Branagh um, Shakespeare adaptations were coming out. I, um, 95. Okay, so later than that. Later. Um, <laughs> it was later than that. <laughs> I really liked Emma with, oh, yeah, dare Gwyneth. I say, Gwyneth. Mm-hmm. I really loved that movie. I loved the Netflix remake of it that came out a couple years ago with uh, Anya Taylor-Joy. Highly recommend. Oh, that's cool. And I think for me, like, you, Tina, were a children's like a like a middle grade fantasy slash YA fantasy girly I've always been a historical fiction girly so something about history really like it really tickles me yeah in the right place it turns me let's just be it's I've got a real big boner for historical fiction (laughs) hot I just am fascinated by People who are just like me, I don't know, especially women who are just like me, you know, like there's certain things that as women, we all universally have kind of like experienced since the beginning oh of my God. time. And I think it's so cool. I'm sorry to interrupt, but like such a specific moment of that. So I was watching the clips of what I didn't have time to watch the whole movie. Um, the 2005 Keira Knightley adaptation. Oh, so good. I've seen it several times and I was like, I'm going to go watch um, the Mr. Collins proposal. And in the, oh, we'll get to it, but like in that moment when there, her whole family is with her in the dining room. Everyone out. Mr. Collins would like a private audience with your sister. And everyone gets up Ugh. and she just looks at her sister Jane and there's this look in of desperation. like, do not fucking leave me. Yep. And, she, and Jane just kind of giggles and is like, you'll be fine. Yeah. And I was like, that is <laughs> such a universal, I feel like, like woman to woman exchange. Like, yeah. like I... I need you now more than ever. <laughs> Everything is said with a look. Yes. Yeah. And it's something men don't really catch. Have you seen those TikToks of like femmes 
girlies being like, can you tell the difference between these three glances? And like one yes. is like, he's so annoying. One is like, he's so hot. And one is like, please help me. Yes. And sometimes I watch them and I'm like, this is stupid. But sometimes I watch them and I'm like, that bitch needs help. Look mm -hmm. at her. Look at the eyes <laughs> she just gave me. <laughs> For uh, sure. Yeah. Gosh, I love women and our bonds. And I think yeah. we're so emotionally complex and wonderful. And I think yes. Austin really reflects that in a in a lovely way. Um, and I think she also, unlike a lot of her contemporaries, did not take herself very so seriously. Um, yeah. And and I love that. Yeah, I I think it's like this. Like I think it's like the depths of sisterhood and like and like womanhood. But it's also on the flip side with characters like Lydia and like Mrs. Bennett, like the mm -hmm. silliness of womanhood too. Like it, the whole, it's like the whole scope captured. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Also being a dumb bitch like Lydia, <laughs> that's part of it too. <laughs> you got to go through your dumb bitch phase sometimes. Like we can't all be Lizzie Bennett. But Lizzie no. Bennett made mistakes too. So She makes mistakes. Yeah. Well, Sean was like, <laughs> at dinner my husband Sean was like, I don't know. He just kind of like asks me questions sometimes just because he like is not interested in what I'm talking about. <laughs> but I was like talking to him about Pride and Prejudice. And he was like, so why didn't she like him? I was like, because she was prejudiced. She was prejudiced against him. And he was like, wait, but for what? And I was like, because he was prideful. It was Pride and Prejudice. That's what it was, that's what we're doing here. <laughs> it's tough. I think like even I'll watch that the 05 version with Jason and he'll be like, can you just explain mm -mm. to me what's going on? He's like watching my face and I'm like sobbing. Yeah. He's like, he's like, it's just a dude walking through the rain on a I'm moor. Like, I don't <laughs> get it. And we're like, oh my God. You wouldn't get it. <laughs> you never understand Mr. Darcy. Um, so I've, I've read Pride and Prejudice. I mean, I read it for the first time like 10 years ago and I've read it like maybe four times since then, mm -hmm. including ear reading because the audiobook is delightful. Yeah. And it's mm. worth noting that it's in the public domain, so you can get the ebook free on the um, Project Gutenberg. That's what I have up on my computer right now. You should be able to get the audiobook free in a lot of places. Cool. Amazing. I would love to listen to it. Me too. I've also, I recently read Netherfield Park. Is that what it's called? No, that no. could be right. Oh. <laughs> Wait, Netherfield is let at last. Um, <laughs> It's Man <laughs> Chester Mansfield? Park. Mansfield? Mansfield Park. Fuck. <laughs> it's the name of some British play. Oh, fuck. I read it like within the last six months. Jane Austen. Northanger Abbey. It's, I was completely wrong. It was Northanger Abbey. <laughs> <laughs> so I recently read Northanger Abbey. Very boring. Do not recommend that one. Although like the language is still very fun and funny, but it's like plot. Not good. Don't go. What even is the premise of uh, Well, you don't have to tell me if it's boring, but. Would you believe that she goes to an abbey <laughs> no no <laughs> it's like really cute because it's it, it's like this kind of like it is about this like dumb bitch like lizzie is like a, a smart sharp hero but um whatever her name is in another i need to get mansfield park out of my field division um i almost said another field again what is it called northanger abbey yeah she's just a dumb bitch and then the narrator the whole book is like but she wanted to be a hero so what would a hero do and i'm like i like that framing i don't think she finds out how to become a hero in this book but like it's cool that she's thinking about it <laughs> yeah just thinking about it it's just like dumb it was just dumb the whole it, whatever and then i've read sense and sensibility which i think is her another one of her more popular ones mm -hmm. i've never read or seen emma but i have oh. seen clueless 
Highly, I that's all you need. I read Emma like in high school, so I don't remember much of the text. But the movies at movie adaptations are very excellent. Highly recommend. It's about a meddlesome bitch. Honestly, it's just about this. Oh, like Cher from Clueless. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) I I love that. I I identify heavily with Cher from Clueless. I can. Yeah, I could see that for you. That was a great (laughs) Halloween costume for you, by the way. I forgot I did that. Thank you. Yeah. So, um. There's also Pride and Prejudice and Zombies and Sense and Sensibility and Sea Monsters, which we love. <laughs> yeah, By I Quirk, loved Quirk Pride Press, our, our publisher crush. Oh, my God, truly. Yeah, our publisher crush, Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, was so fun. And you did a really good Halloween costume of that. Can we post that on the Instagram? Please. Oh, uh, that would be, uh, that'd be awesome. Um, that was such a good costume. Thank you. Um, okay, so let's get into it. So. Okay. I was pulling up the text for this, and then I was like, some of these like aren't as good as I remember, but the Mr. Collins proposal is like very bad. So let's just do this train wreck. <laughs> I was going to say, if we just play the movie version, first of all, it's way shorter than this. Um, I think he gives up easier. Yeah. It's like five minutes of a movie, so I don't feel like I can play like the whole thing. I might use like quotes, but I think that just for like the organicness of this episode, we should read it. Okay. Yeah. Should we cast it? It doesn't have to be in full. We can totally cast it. Oh my god, I love this so much. Okay, let's do it. Grace, do you want to be Mr. Collins no, or no, Lizzie? <laughs> um, I'll be Lizzie. Leela, you gonna be Mr. Collins? Yeah, I'll be Mr. I, Collins. I think you need to. I'll be the family because the lead up I think is very funny and the narrator maybe. Okay, I'll be the dungeon master. <laughs> Got it. Okay. <laughs> okay. So they're all eating breakfast. All of them, her whole family, her loving family. And then Mr. Collins comes down the stairs and says, May I hope, madam, for your interest with your fair daughter, Elizabeth, when I solicit for the honor of a private audience with her in the course of this morning? (laughs) Before Elizabeth had had time for anything but a blush of surprise, Mrs. Bennet instantly answered, Oh, dear! Yes, certainly! I am sure Lizzie will be very happy. I am sure she can have no objection. Okay, blah, blah, blah. They all file out. (laughs) They're trying to get out. Here you go, Grace. Dear ma'am, do not go. I beg you will not go. Mr. Collins must excuse me. can have nothing to say to me that anybody need not hear. I am going away myself. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I was actually just leaving. (laughs) Um, they all leave, though. Unfortunately, they all leave, and in the movie, this is very funny. Mr. Bennett? Good. Now? But it, in the book, a lot of stuff in Austin gets, like, brushed over in a way that I, as an editor, would be like, wait, I need to see this. <laughs> uh, Leela, let us have it. <clears throat> as soon as they were gone, Mr. Collins began. Dear Miss Elizabeth. Believe me, my dear Miss Elizabeth, that your modesty so far from doing you any disservice rather adds to your other perfections. You would have been less amiable in my eyes had there not been this little unwillingness. But allow me to assure you that I have your respected mother's permission for this address. You can hardly doubt the purport of my discourse. However, your natural delicacy may lead you to dissemble. My intentions have been too marked to be mistaken. Almost as soon as I entered the house, I singled you out as the companion of my future life. 
But before I am run away with my feelings on this subject, perhaps it will be advisable for me to state my reasons for marrying, and moreover for coming into Hertfordshire with the de- with the design of selecting a wife, as I certainly did. Okay, a favorite line here. A favorite line of mine here. The idea of Mr. Collins, with all his solemn composure, being run away with by his feelings, made Elizabeth so near laughing that she could not use the short pause he allowed in any attempt to stop him farther. And so he continued. <laughs> and so he keeps Woo! going for a long Leela, time. You do not have to do all this, but let's hit the let's hit the highlights. All right. My reasons for marrying are at are first that I think it a right thing for every clergyman in easy circumstances, like myself, to set the example of matrimony in his parish. Secondly, that I am convinced it will add very greatly to my happiness. And thirdly, which perhaps I ought to have mentioned earlier, that it is the particular advice and recommendation of the very noble lady whom I have the honor of calling patroness. Catherine de Bur- de Boer? De, de Borg. I think de, they say de Berg in the de Berg. movie. Lady Catherine de Berg. It is like so, this is like a man who talks about his mom too much. Yes. You feel me? It's yes. like. But my mom said. My mom's like, it's time to get married. So mostly that's why I'm asking you. So here I am. <laughs> Awful. Okay. Well, he keeps talking he goes about on, Lady Catherine. He goes on to talk about Lady Catherine at length. Not only that. But he goes on to start talking about, like, when her dad dies and when her mom dies. <laughs> okay, so let's do it. Ah. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Let's do this. So, as a reminder, when Mr. Bennett dies because of sexism and the law, they his wife and six daughters, five, I'm sorry, five daughters and a silly wife, cannot inherit the house. It goes to distant relation Mr. Collins. So... Yeah. The, the power dynamic is already quite awkward here. It remains to be told why my views were directed to Longbourn instead of my own neighborhood, where I assure you there are many amiable young women. But the fact is that being as I am to inherit this estate after the death of your honored father, who, however, may live many years longer, (laughs) I could not satisfy myself without resolving to choose a wife from among his daughters, that the loss to them might be as little as possible when the melancholy event takes place, which, however, as I have already said, may not be for (laughs) several years. This has been my motive, my fair cousin. And I think you you just need to go to the end now. (laughs) And I flatter myself it will not sink me in your esteem. And now nothing remains for me but to assure you in the most animated language of the violence of my affection. To fortune, I am perfectly (laughs) indifferent and shall make no demand of that nature on your father, since I am well aware (laughs) that it could not be complied with. And that 1,000 pounds in the four per cents, which will not be yours until after your mother's decease is all that you may ever be entitled to on that head therefore i shall be uniformly silent and you may assure yourself that no ungenerous reproach shall ever pass my lips when we are married and now nothing remains but for me to assure you in the most animated language of the violence of my affection mr collins and that no reproach on the subject of fortune will cross my lips once we're married okay it was absolutely, this is the narrative, yeah. it was absolutely necessary to interrupt him now. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> she doesn't say that, but she does say that. You know what I mean? 
You are too hasty, sir, she cried. You forget that I have made no answer. Let me do it without further loss of time. Accept my thanks for the compliment you are paying me. I am very sensible of the honor of your proposals, but it is impossible for me to do otherwise than decline them. I am not now to learn. Okay, well, this goes this goes on. It goes at, on and on. It goes on at length because he is doing no means yes, which we know uh, now is not a thing. No. Uh, She's like, no. And he's like, I get it. Modesty is very in right now. I totally get it. Playing whenever, hard to whenever, get. Whenever you're ready to say yes, saucy. I'm right here. <laughs> he's like, I, I, this is the first time I asked you. Of course, you're going to say no. Yeah. You're gonna make me chase you because women are evil from the <laughs> devil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what does she say then? There's like a little bit further down. He's like, it yeah. is the typical way of women to. Yeah, he says that a lot. Uh, to toy oh, yeah. with a man's affections. She's or something. like, okay, wait, wait, wait. I'm, I'll find it for you. Okay. Um. Oh, here, here, here. I am not now to learn," replied Mr. Collins with a formal wave of the hand, <laughs> that it is usual with young ladies to reject the addresses of the man whom they secretly mean to accept when he first applies for their favor and that sometimes the refusal is repeated a second or even third time i am therefore (laughs) by no means discouraged by what you have just said and shall hope to lead you to the altar ere long okay and then I I want to hear this, and then mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they go into Lady Catherine. Upon my word, sir. <laughs> Grace, keep hope- that one in the back pocket for the next time you get hit on inappropriately. <laughs> Upon <laughs> my word, your hope is rather an extraordinary one. After my declaration, I do assure you that I am not one of those young ladies. If such late young ladies there are who are so daring as to risk their happiness on the chance of being asked a second time. I am perfectly serious in my refusal. You could not make me happy, and I am convinced that I am the last woman in the world who could make you so. Okay, and then I'm not joking. They do go on to talk about Lady (laughs) Catherine on and off. Elizabeth is like, I'm literally saying no to you. And she's like, if no means yes, then what can I possibly say? <laughs> right. Like, what is there left for me to say? So she just shuts down and is like, I'll just be quiet, I guess. At some point. He goes on, like, okay, we don't have to read this, but he's like, let me list why I'm awesome. My situation in life, my connections, um, and my money. Yeah. Um, which is not that much, but I guess it's more than... Lizzie is legally allowed to have, so. I do like the, um, as I must, therefore, conclude that you are not serious in your rejection of me. I shall choose to attribute it to your wish of increasing my love by suspense, according to the usual practice of elegant females. (laughs) I love in the movie when she's like, uh, she's like, I do assure you, what does she say? I am not the female. What does she say? I am not the sort of female to torment a respectable man. Please understand me. I cannot accept you. Here, it is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do assure you, sir, that I have no pretensions whatever to that kind of elegance which consists in tormenting a respectable man. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> to such perseverance and willful self-deception, Elizabeth would make no reply <laughs> and immediately and in silence withdrew. Determined that if he persisted in considering her repeated refusals as flattering encouragement, to apply to her father, 
whose negative might be uttered in such a manner as must be decisive, whose behavior could at least not be mistaken for the affection and coquetry, coquetry, coquetry. Yeah, I think it's coquetry mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of an elegant female. That's wow. horrible. What a train wreck. Mr. Collins is okay. Well, first of all, wait, let's do this. If you're, you got to marry one, <laughs> here's your three options. Okay. It's Matt Smith from Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. It's this other guy. <laughs> wait, I'm doing this so stupid. <laughs> Basically, which version of Mr. Collins? If you had to marry one, which one would it be? Can you show us the pictures? Yeah. Again? Roll through them again, please. Okay. This is, this is important. This is the one from the BBC special. This is the one from the Kira Knightley movie. And yeah. where's, where's where's Maddie? Matt Smith? I mean, I'm just going to put it out there. For me, I pick Matt Smith. I think he's weird yeah. looking, but like in a way that could be handsome. Okay, what do you think, Grace? Yeah, I kind of agree. What's the one um, from the Kira Knightley? What is his, What is his name? I don't know. The actor. Okay, yeah. He's like he the funniest also- one, I think. He is the funniest one, but his, I think, it, hair is really bad. It's quite oh, bad. That's yeah. tough. That's tough. Um, I mean, I guess I go with. That's Tom Hollander. Tom Man, Hollander. So his hair's just like that, huh? Oh, because you saw the picture of him. I did. Different. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the hairline is no good. Um, I don't know. I mean, that guy is the funniest, I think. He's that could funny. just be fun. Just put a hat on him. <laughs> okay. It's so funny because my answer is the third one. <laughs> Obviously, Matt Smith is the hottest, yes, and I would bang the hell out of him. And actually, <laughs> I had a recent Facebook memory pop up from like six years ago or whatever of pictures of Matt Smith in The Crown. Oh, God, he's so hot in The Crown. True. And it was just me thirsting for him all over my Facebook. But looking at these three Mr. Collinses. I feel like two of them could be driven to, like, violence mm. because I don't behave. <laughs> yeah. It's the it's the one from the BBC special who I do not think would dare to lay a finger on me. That's fair. I think the other two look like they would hit their wives. <laughs> yeah, but but the, but the Keira Knightley one, he's so small. Yeah, yeah click on, can you click really on that small. picture of them at the dance? so this funny one? yeah <laughs> <laughs> this, is the, this is when i'm like hey sean will you dance with me if we're like at a club he's like oh <laughs> she is so astonishingly hotter than him yeah, <laughs> yes. it's crazy and i feel like they really try their very best to drab kira knightley down and it's just it's not, not possible well because- she said in an interview i saw that like she showed up on the set and they were like oh no Oh, oh no! Way, she's you're hot. Way too pretty. Yeah, I heard there was. And she's like, whoops. There was a lot of fans that did not like that casting because, well, I Elis- don't love it either. Elizabeth is such a. She's a character that's dear to a lot of women's hearts, and for yeah, yeah. a great reason. She's a really good. She's a very well written character, um, and I feel like it's a it's a story from long ago. But like, kind of like I said, it's it's relatable. In a lot of ways. And I think a lot of that just has to do with her character. So it's tough when you get, like, someone who's, like, supermodel hot, like Kira Knightley. To totally. Character. A little less relatable. <laughs> and, like, I don't have as much of a problem with Kira Knightley's casting specifically. Because I think she embodies the character yeah, very well. Yeah, I think she acts very well in that It's movie. like the whole 2005 movie adaptation made the whole thing very beautiful in a way that the rural 
British countryside was just like not like that. Right. And that's why I prefer the BBC special because it's like very tacky. Yeah. Like the oh. whole thing's quite tacky. Grace, remember we watched that all in one day one time? I do. I remember that. That was like a fever dream. Well, because I'm sure you guys have done this, like watch the whole Lord of the Rings trilogy or something. And for the first like two hours, you're like so excited about life. You're like, I'm having a great time. Let's play a drinking game. You're like, this yeah. is so much fun. And by the end of it, you're just, is it fun? Or like, is this my punishment? Like, like who thought you could just sit and watch TV for 10 hours? And maybe I'm revealing myself to be a bit of an energetic butterfly. But we we were just so deep in that world that I feel like we got up off that couch and I was like, I don't remember how I talk anymore. <laughs> yeah, it was very serious, but had a good time. Yeah, it was very record. fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was thinking when I was doing that dramatic description, I was actually thinking about Courtney's last birthday party when we did watch the Lord of the Rings trilogy. And I was like trying so hard to get through Return of the King. But I had been so high and so drunk for so long. I was like, I have to get out of here. <laughs> I have to go. Mr. Collins, it's just like really crazy. It's the audacity of man. Mm -hmm. Especially during this time. Yeah. Really bad. I mean, let's talk about family tree, right? So is he, are they first cousins? Like, is I, this... I don't think it's like that. Um, let me see. It was because he's like a distant relative. Yeah. Yes. I think like quite distant. Give me a second. It just says distant cousin okay. when you Google it in the Wikipedia. Okay. Just wondering. I'm like, who's? It's got to be Cora Mrs. Always knows. Oh no! What does this word mean? Agnatic. Ooh. We're too dumb. We just don't know. Okay. Well, I guess we have to see Webster's for this one. Yeah. Gotta look at that. Uh, related oh. to the father. Why not just say paternal? Yeah, Father's side. Yeah. Okay. Oh well, that makes sense. His father's next. Eldest brothers, uh, so it is a, it is a cousin. A yeah. First, oh, his, his, Mr. Collins' dad and Mr. Bennett were cousins. What is that called? A second cousin? I don't know. Yeah. Once removed. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. So it's like it's not first cousins, but it's close. <laughs> close enough. First cousins are involved. <laughs> so Mr. Collins comes into this house with this horrible power dynamic of like, your future is so literally in my hands. They never talk about this in the books, but like, could he decide to just let the ladies keep living there if Mr. Bennett dies? Like, that's never presented as an option. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that it's even something that would, he would have considered. So like, let's think about like, Lady Catherine and like the horrible character, the terrible person that we know she is anyway, and how traditional and all that stuff she is like, and all he cares about is like making mommy happy. So it's like, would she have even entertained for one second the idea of like him? What are we going to even call it? Like emancipating his female cousins? No, no, it's like taking on his female cousins as like his responsibility. But he's not, like, legally obligated to them. So that's why I think it never comes up, which is crazy to me. So, like, the yeah. only way that he would actually take care of them would be if he marries one of the sisters. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. It's Thinking about gross. one of Sean's cousins, like, if Sean, God forbid, dies and one of his cousins is like, this house is mine and you have to get out. I would, I think I would beat his ass in the alleyway. <laughs> yeah. He's in this position where he's like, there's no way you're going to say no to this. 
Yeah. And Liz Bennett has self-respect, though. Yeah, he, he does. He doesn't take that into account. Like He doesn't first. see that coming. I don't even think he knows about that, about women no. having self-respect. Like, I don't think he's even considered. What that. about fucking Lady Catherine? She doesn't count. <laughs> Mommy's only. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't count because she's a, she's a lady of the church. So... It's in like such a weird way. Yeah, they're I don't they're know. like a cl- they're a classic like churchly duo who is like very shitty actually. And mm-hmm. like not super Jesusy and godlike if you really want to go there e- even. Although except for the st- the time when he reads passages from the Bible or something after dinner or is that just a movie oh, memory? I remember that I think or at least yeah. the mention of that. Are they Protestant? Um, I think are most they, people in England at this Anglican? time are Anglican. Anglican. Oh, yeah. Henry you know VIII. who did that? Henry My VIII. honey. King Henry <laughs> Your fave. Okay, let's move on to the next proposal. Can it get worse? Maybe. I kind of think that one was the worst <laughs> one. It is definitely the biggest shit show, but this one is really good. This one's really good. Yeah. Who's going to... I mean, can I? Can Christina, I deliver please, the line? Please. And then, Gracie, you want to still be Elizabeth? Sure. I'll I'll keep my role. She doesn't have any dialogue. Well, oh, just ki- kidding. <laughs> In spirit. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, we're going to do this. Okay. <clears throat> okay, so here's what's up. Elizabeth is out of town, right? She's like in Bath or wherever they go. Whatever. Sounds she's, right. She's out of town with um, Mr. and Mrs. Gardner. Is that correct? Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. And she's just like in this townhouse that they've rented or whatever. Maybe or like it's their townhouse. Whatever, man. There's a lot of details that I can't hang on to. She's in a strange place in a strange location. And Mr. Darcy is not present. (laughs) And she's just like vibing. And then he is just suddenly bursting in. (laughs) He's like walking right in. He sat down for a few moments and then getting up, walked about the room (laughs) after after a silence of several minutes yeah he came towards her in an he came towards her in an agitated manner and thus (laughs) begun (laughs) in vain i have struggled it will not do my feelings will not be repressed you must allow me to tell you how ardently i admire and love you Audio clips thus far have been from the 2005 Pride and Prejudice film. This one is going to be from the 1995 miniseries because in the 2005 film, it is pouring, pouring rain and the audio is horrible for this scene. Enjoy. In vain, I have struggled. It will not do. My feelings will not be repressed. You must allow me to tell you how ardently I admire and love you. Elizabeth's astonishment was beyond expression. (laughs) She stared. That's so funny because the writer's like, I cannot write this down right now. I got nothing. (laughs) She stared, colored, doubted, and was, hold on, (laughs) yes, and was silent. This he considered sufficient encouragement. What is the deal? Poor Elizabeth. She just cannot help it. Guys just keep proposing at her. (laughs) And the avowal of all that he felt and had long felt for her immediately followed. He spoke well, but there were feelings besides those of the heart to be detailed. In declaring myself thus, I am fully aware that I will be going expressly against the wishes of my family, my friends, and I hardly need add my own better judgment. And he was not more eloquent on the subject of tenderness than of pride. 
his sense of her inferiority of its being a degradation of the family obstacles which judgment had always opposed to inclination were dwelt on with a warmth which seemed due to the consequence he was wounding but was very unlikely to recommend his suit wait i have to stop you which seemed due to the consequence he was wounding but was very unlikely to recommend his suit what is due to the consequence he was wounding what does that mean the consequence of what he was that he was hurting her Oh, yeah, okay. With a warmth. With a warmth, which seemed due to, due the, to consequence. the consequence he was so wounding. He was saying it in this, like, kind of, to me, it sounds like a condens- con- almost like condescendingly warm, hey, oh. hey, it's okay. I, Your mom's a fucking bitch, but you know what? I'm going <laughs> to yeah. marry you anyway. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's like when you're talking to your dog or your cat, and you're like, oh, my God, you stupid little whatever. And it's like if you say it, nicely they oh, don't yeah. know if you're like oh shithead shithead <laughs> yeah <I'm right> <laughs> which of course we never do no we never do that but it's the same thing grace you want to give us a little bit of elizabeth's reaction here yes uh in spite of her deeply rooted dislike she could not be insensible to the compliment of such a man's affection and though her intentions did not vary for an instant she was at first sorry for the pain he was to receive till roused to resentment by his subsequent language she lost all compassion in anger the relative situation of our families is such that any alliance between us must be regarded as a highly reprehensible connection indeed as a rational man i cannot but regard it as such myself but it cannot be helped she tried however to compose herself to answer him with patience when he should have done he was concluded with representing to her the strength of that attachment which in spite of all his endeavors, he had found impossible to conquer and with expressing his hope that it would now be rewarded by her acceptance of his hand. Which despite all my struggles has overcome every rational objection and I beg you most fervently to relieve my suffering and consent to be my wife. As he said this, she could easily see that he had no doubt of a favorable answer. Mm -hmm. He spoke of apprehension and anxiety, but his countenance expressed real security. I just think, okay, so one of the essential, like, moments or, like, motifs of womanhood is when a a man comes on to you with so much confidence when he looks, in your eyes, so small. You know what I mean? It's like, I see you. And it's like, Mm -hmm. where is this even coming from sometimes? Men will just walk up to you and be like, hey, want to go to homecoming with me? And it's like... (laughs) I'm 30. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I get a lot of nice asses at gas stations. I like those. I collect them, but I see why women wouldn't. And you got to have a lot of confidence. Just be like, yay, your ass is great. Yeah. You, you got to say thank you in a way that also shuts it down, which is very difficult. So Yeah. I'm always just like, oh, my God, thank you. And I just like keep walking so hard wherever. Yeah. But what if you're stuck pumping gas? They don't usually walk up to me. I think I, I think I scare people. That's I just good. Have, I think it's my audacity, actually. <laughs> so if, if you haven't read this in a long time, this is not... I, this, I think this is in the first half of the book. Like, it's it's maybe, like, the halfway mark. Uh-huh. Like, it is early. These two characters have so much left to do, so this proposal is very funny. Right now, he just thinks she's hot. That's what he's experiencing. <laughs> mm-hmm. But they come to, like, develop, like, a genuine fondness 
for each other through like m- mutual misunderstanding. And it's funny that he's so confident. And then compared with his next proposal, he's a lot less confident. Yeah, yeah I feel like his his confidence here is similar to Mr. Collins's confidence. Very similar. And that they're just looking at her and they're like, given your this. situation. Yeah. Like, like what, what man wouldn't? Right. I mean, what woman wouldn't? What girl wouldn't? Right. <laughs> well, Mr. Darcy is giving a little gay, but we don't have to get into that. Well, like, <laughs> at least Mr. Darcy is hot. Like, you can hear, I don't know, at least Mr. Darcy's hot. <laughs> That's all I have to say. They, the movies definitely make him hot. Let's oh. take a look. Oh, my God. Because, first of all, I didn't prejudice. Yeah. Oh, that's the, wait, fuck. That's the Colin Firth one. Okay. I always get, everyone always conflates them. So, the. BBC miniseries in 1995 had Colin Firth. The 2005 movie, everyone always thinks it's Colin Firth, but it's actually a dude Matthew named Matthew. Where does it say that? I believe. I, I just have it memorized. I think that guy's Whoa, super hot. Whoa, you have it memorized. Yeah. He's so hot. He's, he's very hot. He's, he's really so hot. hot. Colin Firth, no thank you. That's not really? my kind of man. That's Jason's no. kind of man. He's like, he loves that actor so much. He's like, he's he just so giggles gentle. when he sees him come on. Aw, cute. But like, look at his eyes is yeah. the thing. Y'all have met Sean, like like a gentle, sad, shy boy mm-hmm. <laughs> who has no idea what to say to make this situation better. And they do a good job of making him seem gloomy and he's uh, so morose. morose. He's brooding. He, yes. I, you may have noticed that I pulled up the picture of him with his wet hair because his unwet hair is a little doofy. <laughs> well, in 2005, that's kind of what dudes' hairs were looking. This like. is the look. <laughs> This was around when Goblet of Fire came out. Yeah. Y'all remember the hair in that movie? I do. Oh, yeah. That was crazy. Oh, I love that outfit on her. I pulled up this yeah. picture of them dancing at a ball, and they are so... They want to fuck and fight so bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good combo, honestly. You can see it in their eyes. So, oh, Mr. Darcy, this was bad. And mm-hmm. I, I love doing this, like, a, a specific scene as a bit about... You're poor and your family's crazy and you're desperate and you have no choice. Will you marry me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Wait, let's do this. This is how that scene ends because, like, it's it's really – it goes on about what is <laughs> – Elizabeth's like, what on earth are you doing here? And he's like, and this is your opinion of me? I'm a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Will you please read this, Grace? Yeah. <clears throat> From the very beginning, from the first moment, I may also almost say, of my acquaintance with you, your manners impressing me with the fullest belief of your arrogance, your conceit, and your selfish disdain of the feelings of others were such as to form that groundwork of disapprobation. Did I say that right? Sounds good. Disapprobation. Sounded great to me. On which succeeding events have built so immovable a dislike. And I had not known you a month before I felt that you were the last man in the world whom I could ever be prevailed upon to marry. From the very beginning, your manners impressed me with the fullest belief of your arrogance, your conceit, and your selfish disdain for the feelings of others. I had not known you a month before I felt you were the last man in the world whom I could ever marry. Man, that line is so good when Kira Knightley says it. Yes, I yeah. totally She's butchered so it. But. She, you did a really good job. Kira Knightley obviously did a little bit better. <laughs> well, she's a trained actress, so <laughs> well, <laughs> and she's British, which helps. It does. Okay, um, you have said quite enough, madam. I perfectly <laughs> comprehend your feelings and have now only to be ashamed of what my own have been. Forgive me for having taken up so much of your time. 
and accept my best wishes for your health and happiness. You have said quite enough, madam. I perfectly comprehend your feelings. And now have only to be ashamed of what my own have been. Please forgive me for having taken up your time and accept my best wishes for your health and happiness. Man, the way that he says that in the Keira Knightley version, or he's like, forgive, forgive me for having taken up so much of your time. And then he like pauses, like they're going to kiss. Ah, and then they sorry. don't. But no, like, but then ah. she's kind of like, she looks at his lips for a second. She's yeah, like, she does. Of course. Wouldn't you? Yes. Yeah. He's so hot. I would probably have kissed that guy. I'd be like, yeah. like, how about a little snog in the rain just just for fun? I'm so much dumber than Lizzie Bennet. <laughs> and maybe less prideful also. And with these words, he hastily left the room. <laughs> and then Elizabeth runs away. <laughs> she like runs into the fields. To the tumult of her mind. <laughs> I really like I forget how much I like the language of like he quit the it. he quit the house. I'm like I'm about to leave a room and say I quit this room. I quit this house, yo. <laughs> it's really good. It's really I love I love the language. I wish I could live in this world. So this last proposal is like not that good because there's not a lot of direct dialogue yeah and it's not like a lot of actual proposing it's just like do you it's feel like the it, same it's do like you implied it, yeah it, it's like you're courting to marry quickly so it's like if we're on the same page we're just gonna get married yeah, yeah. you know what i mean yeah mm-hmm. so that's that's what this is is like darcy and lizzie have both like oh i was an asshole i see that now yeah okay well actually you're hot <laughs> do you remember in the movie how they He's like, I got it. He's like, I must tell you how ardently I and I love, I love, I, I love you. You have bewitched me, body and soul, and I love, I love, I love you. I never wish to be parted from you from this day on. He says it yes. like three times because so he's good, like, can't though. get it out. That's so cute. Aww. I love him. I do love that. It's very Baby. cute. Well, now, your hands are cold. Your hands are cold. So they're just, like, talking. He's, like, she's, like, why did you tell my family? I felt like we're forever in your debt. And he's, like, well, I, as much as I re- respect your family, which, LOL, because the whole point of why she doesn't like you is because you rightfully called out that her mom's kind of an idiot. <laughs> yeah. I want to do another episode someday about the maligning of Mrs. Bennett. Hmm. Because yeah. I love her and like I have so much to say about her and I'm I'm just not gonna say it right now. Yeah. But she is a bit of an idiot. You gotta give her that. <laughs> and anyway, he's like, I did it for you. Surely you must know it was all for you. Elizabeth was much too embarrassed to say a word. Then he says, If your feelings are still what they were last April, tell me so at once. My affections and wishes are unchanged, aka remember what I proposed to you. The offer still stands. But one word from you will silence me on this subject forever. <laughs> LOL, what if she was like, no? <laughs> it's like, oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> I really thought I got you this time. <laughs> we don't have to read all of this. But here, this one I feel like may really you may relate to it, Grace. <laughs> Elizabeth, feeling all the more than common awkwardness and anxiety of his situation now forced herself to speak. You at Chipotle. You at Chipotle. Three chips, please. The anxiety and awkwardness of the situation. (laughs) It gets me every time. Okay, this one's me. 
The happiness which this reply produced was such as he had probably never felt before, and he expressed himself on the occasion as sensibly and as warmly as a man violently in love <laughs> can be supposed to do. I don't like this violence. The last time I dated a guy who was violently in love with me, I had to do a burn before reading episode about him because I wrote I wrote for a God's list about if I should dump his ass. Like violently in love is not good. Eh, it's a different time. Yeah. <laughs> Violent. People just aren't in love like they used to be. I mean, there's like a lot more to do now. Like, just kind of think about it. Like, what did they literally do all day? Sit and and do women things. And then like, what did he do all day? Sit. Have a walk about the room. Read. LOL. Wait, I actually just realized I'm living in a Jane Austen novel because all I do all day is write and read and crochet and take a turn <laughs> about the park. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's my whole life. You're doing it. <laughs> what is it? Bird cock is legit last. <laughs> and I totally married a Mr. Darcy. That's true. You're a regular Lizzie Bennett. It's like, yeah, Sean, it's a bit of a diss, but he's so hot, though. You have to understand that it's like it is an insult, but in a way where it makes you hot to me. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Lead with that. Whatever. They keep talking. It's like not, this one's not funny because they just love each other. And like, I think that's probably why the dialogue isn't there is because it's not sharp and funny. It's like, you know, it's the end of the book. They're getting married. Yeah. They, in the next chapter, he comes to... They're talking about getting married. He's either like coming to propose. I think he's about to come, but not propose to Mr. Bennett, but to ask his permission. And everyone is like, wait, you're getting engaged yeah. to Mr. Darcy? What the You've fuck? literally been shit talking this dude <laughs> nonstop. That's so funny. Like if I I would if I was Lizzie, I would be like, this is gonna be awesome. Okay, guys, gather around. I'm marrying Mr. Darcy. <laughs> Can you believe it? No, I thought I hated him too. No, he no, I know he has a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you are joking, Lizzie. This cannot be. Engaged to Mr. Darcy. No, no, you shall not deceive me. I know it to be impossible. And then Lizzie's like, I if you don't believe me, nobody's going to. I know. That's I feel kind of bad for her because she's just like, ah, crap. Now I got to like, yeah, convince everybody. She has to face the consequences of her prejudice. I mean, it's and she true. says at one point, like somewhere in here that she really wished she's like, oh, no, I feel like maybe I shouldn't have really like maybe I was over exaggerating a little bit. <laughs> I really dug my heels in on this one. Yeah, um, I really should keep the old uh the old gobber s- shut every now and then. <laughs> and then when he like rolls up to the house, Mrs. Bennett is like, Jesus Christ, is Mr. <laughs> fucking Darcy again? Can you believe this? <laughs> this guy. She's like, Lizzie, just like go on a walk with him. He's going to get in Mr. Mr. Bingley's way. And like, you know that Bingley and Jane are like my number one concern. Always. Always. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Always. Um, Whatever. That's kind of the end of it. Do you have, does anyone have anything else they want to like highlight or look at before we wrap it up? I will say I do like the interaction between Mr. Bennett and Lizzie because he's very much like, I said yes, but also like it's up to you. Which, oh, to Mr. Darcy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I when see. he's talking to Lizzie because he's just like, if you're sure, like I trust you, which I think that's really nice. Yeah, her dad is a Mr. Bennett's a is a really good guy in this. Portrayed narrative. by Charles Dance in the movie, which is 
Is that the movie or the no, special? No, that's the special remember. because in he's played by President Snow from <gasps> uh, in the movie oh, in the O five movie. Okay, uh, Sutherland, Wait, I, Donald, Donald Sutherland, Donald Sutherland. I actually totally Amazing. forgot about that, and I just remembered that I think Charles Dance plays the dad in Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies, which I do recommend oh. a lot. Oh. I love and the, he's, there's a lot of cast to keep in my head. Yeah, mm-hmm. these these British actors, they're really on top of their stuff. The the actor Sutherland in the O five version is just Isn't it just Sutherland? Sutherland. Like it Kiefer. Has a D for sure. Which is his son's name. Yeah. Oh um, okay. yeah. He says that line of um <laughs> uh what does he say he say about like if Kitty or Liddy or oh, Kitty yeah. or Mary have any guys they want to bring in? I am quite at my leisure. But he's oh, like yeah. joking and tearful. <laughs> it's so it's so sweet. Yeah, he loves nice. his daughter so much and He does. He just wants he's like, I'm only gonna agree to this if this is really what you want, and I'm really gonna make you think about it. Cause I would never forgive myself if you were married to some dude you hated. And it's like, well, yeah. you didn't say anything when Mr. Collins tried to propose to me, but okay. I it sucks because like I feel like I feel like Mr. Bennett, like, respects Lizzie a lot, and then, like, after that actually doesn't maybe respect any of his other daughters. (laughs) She is his favorite. Yes. Yeah, it's, like, really... Like, I'm the only girl in my family, and so when I feel like the favorite, I'm like, I'm the only girl, you know, whatever. Yeah. But, like, if you got five daughters, and you're like, well, this one... I guess you have to be like, this one's for sure my favorite, so don't fuck with her. She's my second in command. (laughs) Do you think he was she was his favorite because she just was not necessarily super interested in like at the time what were like traditionally girly things? Like he's like she really is not silly like those other sisters. <laughs> you know, <laughs> she's not like other sisters. <laughs> she's not she's like a bit silly though. I don't know. I'm thinking about my dad and like I know it's like obviously very different times, but like my dad's. <laughs> Favorite thing about me, 100%, has always been how smart I am. I think he takes personal pride in, like, how smart I am. Uh And so I think it's maybe, like, a similar thing. He's like, look at you. You're so good. This is great. Yeah. Yeah, I did that. (laughs) Yeah. He probably sees a lot of himself in her, and he's like, that's the one. Yeah. Okay. So I want to do, like, a quick rapid fire for each of the three proposals. Let's start with Mr. Collins. Yeah. Mr. Collins' marriage proposal, horny, sad, or just plain bad? I would say, ooh. Mm, mm, I don't think it's... I would say it is just plain bad with maybe a tinge of horny. Okay, Grace? I think it's just plain bad with a tinge of sad just because mm. he's so pathetic. He is so pathetic. I'm inclined to agree with you, Grace, because I think it, this is whatever the opposite of horny is. Yeah. It's what repulsive. about that part when he's like, I must violently give you my ardent <laughs> love? And she's like, Mr. Collins. <laughs> <laughs> I think Mr. Darcy's the one who says ardent kind of legendarily. Oh, I love that word. Now. I have to say I have to save the horny one for, you know, Darcy. So I really want to like <laughs> I want to start. Sean and I do this sometimes when I have been reading Jane Austen, <laughs> where I'm like, Mr. Watson. <laughs> It's better with his name with mine, though, because Miss Khan, that is someone who would not have whoever that is. She's probably not hanging out in the British countryside in this time. Perhaps not. Jews. Not a lot of Jews. No. <laughs> they were run out. They quit. Whatever it was. <laughs> they quit the country. They quit the country. 
Mr. Darcy's first proposal of marriage, the one that was like, I hate you. I hate your family. I hate your life. You don't have any money. It's very pathetic. And I'm great because I would like to marry you anyway. Grace, horny, yeah. sad, or just plain bad? I will say just plain bad with the side of horny just because obviously he's in lust. You know what I mean? Yes. He's totally he's he's talking with his dick right now. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. I, I would definitely agree with you because he's like you're very attractive and so poor and like I'm awesome but you're hot. So like <laughs> let's do this. Thing. Two plus two equals four. You know? You know what I mean? It's all about the math. It's so, it's just, I know I keep say, talking about my stupid husband, Sean. I love him with, I love him so much. And like this, I, I feel like when I started dating him, it was like, you dumb, poor hottie. Let me help you. <laughs> and I was like, thank you, sir. Thank you, Mr. Watson. <laughs> Wait, did you go, Leela? For Mr. Collins, num- uh, Mr. <laughs> Fuck, all the misters, Mr. Darcy, number one. Yeah, I agree with you, Grace. It is definitely just plain bad with some heavy, horny uh, overtones until she rejects him. And then he's like, he shrivels, Total agreement. his dick shrivels up. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not sad. That's no. just plain bad. Mm-hmm. It's just plain bad. Totally agree. To leave this with our warm, fuzzy feeling for cringe miss is Mr. Darcy's second proposal of marriage, the one that we kind of don't get to see and it's mostly just implied, horny, sad, or just plain bad? Horny. I think it just has to be full horny. <laughs> has to be. Horny. It's the only horny. good one. Horny. It's so tender. And I know that um, a lot of Austin fans do not like the 05 movie, like you said, for the the beautifulness, the beautification, I guess we should say, of it. Let British country people be... And especially the ending. But I, I'm sorry. I love it. I'm such a softy. But it's so beautiful how he says, and how are you doing tonight, my dear? And she goes, I'm doing well. But I wish you would not call me my dear. Because that's what my mother t- calls my father when she is cross with him. And he's like, well, then what should I call you? And she's like, goddess divine on most days. My <laughs> pearl on Sundays. And and he's like, and she's like, and what should I call you when I'm cross with you? Mrs. Darcy. And she's like, no, you may only call me Mrs. Darcy when you are incandescently totally in love with me. And he's like, and how are we doing this evening, Mrs. Darcy? And then they just make out and then have sex. And it's like, (laughs) so great. I love it so much. It makes it so hard to be someone who is in a relationship with a man in 2023. <laughs> just all disappointing. Yes, because like, you're wow, just like you're... you just like look at your husband on the couch who's just like bored out of his mind <laughs> watching this with you, and you're just like, well, can you, can you, can you? I get mad at Sean when I'm watching movies like this with him. I'm like, you don't understand any of this. <laughs> And like you said, it's like I'm sobbing and he's like on his phone. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding yes. me right now? Like you should be taking you notes. Look, in love. Can't you see that their love would move mountains? <laughs> <laughs> I think that you got um, kind of mad at Jason when you, we were watching Tuck Everlasting and you got a bit weepy about yes. that one. <laughs> oh, a bit? No, I was sobbing. Uh, sobbing and i think i hadn't seen talk everlasting since you know a long long time ago and rewatching it again it was just like 
It was just so, I don't know. Those feelings are so strong. And, you know, sometimes men don't understand that women, we cry not only because we're sad. That's like one tiny percentage of the graph of why we cry, right? We cry because something's so beautiful that it literally breaks our hearts. Have you guys ever started crying, like, right after sex? Yes. <laughs> like, it's like a, every, every once in a while, it's just like an emotional reaction. And you're like, oh, this is the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to me. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I've cried Get at Climax, um, at the point of Climax. Because um, I'm just like, I'm not used to my body feeling this good. And then, like, usually every dude that that happens with her is just like, Oh, 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 <laughs> is you said you wanted, <laughs> was this not, con- was, <laughs> and you're just like, no, it's just don't, so you just got to marry just look him. away. Like, well, <laughs> you're married to me now. So I just look away. <laughs> I cry sometimes. That's your problem. <laughs> That's beautiful. We've talked quite a bit about the proposals of Pride and Prejudice, and it's made it obvious to me that we need to talk, we need to have more episodes about other parts of Jane Austen's work, because I just, I love the subject matter so much. I love talking to y'all about it. I could keep talking about it forever. Me too. I love it a lot. We probably don't have time for it, because I know you're trying to wrap up, but just in like one sentence from both of you, please. Um, How do these proposals compare to your very own proposals, as you've both been proposed to? My proposal was not as, let's say, uh, dramatic and unexpected as Mr. Darcy's, um, considering like we dated for like five years before we got engaged. (laughs) Yeah, Jason (laughs) uh, proposed to me at the Lincoln Memorial in D.C. at night, and it it was really nice. And I did, my first reaction was like, are you fucking with me? Which I just like have this fear that people are trying to like prank me at all times. But like, obviously like why the fuck would you do that? That's so mean. Um, but it was, it was really good. I would say it, it was John's done that, but that's fine. See, that's what yeah, he did it once before. We he, like, just like the office with Jim, how he, you bend over and be like, will you? Tie oh, yeah. my shoe? And it's like, very Jim, good. Come on. Very funny. Uh, no, not funny. It's not funny. <laughs> um, that's well, how mine went. How about, I know. I already know how your proposal went, Tina. How would it compare for you? I'm not allowed to talk about it. Okay. It's <laughs> point of. It was really bad. It was bad, but we're, we're married and that's great. Okay, perfect. Just like, like, that's why I'm saying just like Lizzie and Mr. Darcy. Like, we're the same. Yeah. Well, you know what they say, bad dress rehearsal, good uh, good show, so. I didn't remember that, Christina, so. Okay. Let's wrap it up. Merry Cringemas, Merry Crispimus. I've been thinking about the title of Sam's episode, that bitch is crisp a lot lately. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been describing, I've been using the word crisp more. <laughs> you should. Merry Cringemas, Merry Christmas. Grace, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. What a it was a hoot and a half, I'll tell you. Yeah, this was excellent. It's Feel really free nice. to like propose any special interests you have. Oh, I'll in propose literature. <laughs> I surely will. <laughs> um, and where can people find you on the internet? 
Yes, yes, yes. Um, please follow me and also Wild Link Press um, on all the social medias at Wild Link Press. So um, easy to remember. So I easy. You can also check out our website, wildlinkpress.com. Awesome. Well, that's it for Burn Before Reading. Until next week, remember... Your cringe is part of you. But only a small part of you. This podcast was created by me, Christina Kahn. Hosted and produced by Christina Kahn and me, Leela Hilton. Follow me online at Christina Kahn and pre-order my book, Indie Book Publishing from Start to Finish, coming from Wildling Press in January 2024. After you bought Tina's book, follow me online at Leels for Reels. Our theme music was produced by Sakura Wishes. And our logo was designed by Michael Hardison. Follow Michael on Instagram at RoyGDiv or check out his work at wildlingpress.com. Thanks for listening, friends. See you next time. Dave X Media.